my shoes and out the door. Five, I'm alive, six, seven, eight, feeling great. Hello, BYWG Tribe. Here's a quick peek at our supplement, product, and book of the month for January. Yes, I said January 2020. At the end of the podcast, I will spend a few minutes going into further detail, so we encourage you to listen to the end. The supplement of the month for January 2020 is Bone Health Plus. Simply said, we have not found a more complete bone health formula on the market, period. The 10% discount code for the month is lowercase B-O-N-E-H-E-A-L-T-H. That's bone health. The product of the month for January is one calorie, zero sugar, 40 nutrients, keto, vegan, paleo, non-GMO, energy bits, 20% off forever using the code BYWG, and that's upper or lowercase. The book of the month for January is Stop Doing That, S-H-B-P-T, End Self-Sabotage and Demand Your Life Back by Gary John Bishop. Keep in mind, all the links, discount codes, and special offers for the product, supplement, and book will be listed in the show notes on iTunes, post on the social media, and on our website and weekly newsletter at www.beyondyourwildestgenes.com at the Listen Now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Beyond Your Wildest Genes podcast. I'm your co-host today, Dr. Mike Akinfor, and I'm thrilled to have our, I think this is the fourth time you've been on, Julianne. Uh, our our most our most requ- yeah. uh, requested guest is back, uh, Julianne Cairns. How are you? I am awesome. Really excited for the new year for 2020. Yeah, I'm That's feeling awesome. good. And I How am about you? I'm doing well. Uh, we're on opposite sides of the world tonight, and um, I really wanted to have Julianne Julianne back on the show to talk about um, setting goals for the new year. It's 2020 and it's a brand new beginning. And we had Julianne on last year to talk about kind of putting the year to bed. And I thought it'd be great to have her back on. So I'm going to read Julianne's um, bio and then we're going to get right into it. So Julianne Cairn's life mission is to empower people an abundant life free from false beliefs. In this spirit, she wrote The Abundance Code, How to Bust the Seven Money Myths for a Rich Life Now. That is by Hay House, and it came out September 2015. And has spearheaded The Abundance Code documentary, released worldwide in June 2016, to help people everywhere make a shift to the abundance mindset and seek joint solutions to the most pressing challenges of our planet. Trained as an economist and statistician, Julianne has over 25 years of experience in the fields of wealth creation, financial market education, and financial advice. It was through her long years of working in this space of educating people on steps they could take to create financial abundance that Julianne realized some of the biggest blocks people face. People often fail to grow their wealth and abundance even when they have a strategy to do so even when they have all the knowledge they should need and even when they make consistent efforts. Why? Julianne discovered that this happens when they have not addressed their limiting subconscious code. This is a shift that needs to happen before any desire, knowledge, or effort can actually bear fruit. 
It was this realization that motivated Julianne to write her book, The Abundance Code, How to Bust the Seven Money Myths for a Rich Life Now, and to direct the 90-minute documentary interviewing over 15 thought leaders about abundant thinking, also called The Abundance Code. Um, that will be in the show notes, folks. Julianne chooses to spend most of her time in one of the most beautiful places on earth, Queenston, New Zealand. Julie, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you so much. Actually, I have something exciting sure. to share. Uh, my documentary, The Abundant Mode, was released on Gaia.com. Very good. Um, yeah, just a couple of months ago, and it were, was split into three episodes. So it's, it's a series of three 30-minute-ish episodes on Gaia.com e- now. Excellent. I will have that in the show notes as well. Guy's great, um, a great platform. Yeah, wonderful. So tell people, for the awesome. three or four people who don't know you uh, in, in our in our tribe, um, <laughs> give people a little bit of your background. Well, I think you covered a lot of it in your in your wonderful introduction. Um, currently, I live in New Zealand, which is, I believe, one of the most beautiful places on the planet. And I spend most of my time these days coaching people and teaching about abundance mindset. So as you said, I spent many, many years teaching people how to create financial wealth for themselves. And what I found in the process of doing that was that for many people, the problem was not um, that they didn't know how to create financial wealth, although knowledge is important the key block for most people was in their belief systems. And so that sent me on a, on a rabbit hole. (laughs) I followed that rabbit hole, went dove deep into the topic of subconscious belief rewiring. And that's pretty much what I do now. Um, And I love it so much. It's so rewarding to see people uh, get out of their own way and make massive leaps forward in their lives when they address the blockages in their subconscious code. I love that. Uh, that, And again, it always fascinates me for somebody like yourself who is obviously working in, in the financial realm and wealth creation. It, it takes a very analytical mind. And when, and when you can take that leap into the subconscious um that that's really a unique person and a unique way of looking at things so it always fascinates me when when people are able to make that leap and then willing to share it with the rest of the world and and that's where your passion comes in yeah well you know it's interesting because actually what i do is i analyze the subconscious <laughs> so I'm still <laughs> I'm still quite analytical in my processes. Um and it's interesting because the results of of removing blockages in the subconscious mind feel like miracles. So it's easy for us to go into this idea that, you know, working in this realm is miraculous, but it's actually not. It's quite Local. Once you know how to talk to the subconscious mind and you know how to reprogram it, um, you know, the leaps forward that you make are so radical because 
you know, our conscious mind, I like to compare to like a 50-bit processor in a computer, whereas our subconscious mind is more like a 500 gigabit processor. The power of the subconscious mind is so much greater than that of the conscious mind. So when we get a subconscious mind on board, it's working in the background for us 24-7. And, you know, that's how we can make leaps forward that feel kind of effortless. They're actually not effortless because the subconscious is working hard for us. It's just it's happening below our conscious level of us, so it feels effortless. Uh, that's really you, – you nailed it on the head, a really unique and uh, – I don't know. Is it is it – sometimes it seems a little woo-woo when we're talking about subconscious limiting beliefs, but it's really not it, – it's kind of like – I, I like to say like the superhighway of 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 everything. It's what lies beneath that consciousness. And uh, if you think of an iceberg, I think consciousness is really just that tip, and the subconscious is everything underneath. And I think that once you have tapped into that, that's where that that's where it seems miraculous to me. Absolutely. And, you know, it's it's a different language. The subconscious speaks a different language to the mind. And once you learn that language, um, you can quite easily reprogram your subconscious mind. Also, the other thing that is important to learn is what are the steps for subconscious reprogramming? And I think we've talked we've talked about that before. There there are three main steps that I've identified. Uh, the first step is identify the, the limiting belief, and that, that can be the hardest step because the limiting belief is in the subconscious, not in the conscious. Uh, so really, that's one of the contributions I wanted to make with my book, The Abundance Code, How to Bust the Seven Money Myths for a Rich Life Now, where I show people what are the top seven limiting beliefs around money that most people have. That takes care of the identification process for 80% of the beliefs probably that are blocking you around money and success. Um, and then the second step, once you've identified the limiting belief, is to weaken it. So insert doubt. Um, and the book also does that for you for all the seven limiting beliefs around money and success. And then the third step is actually the easiest step, and that's to replace the belief or override it. And that's where we use things like um, affirmations and vision boards and new belief statements that we kind of wire in, hypnosis, things like that. Um, all of that is really useful, but it's like step number three. And if we haven't done steps number one and two first, then step number three is not going to take. It's not going to work. So let's talk about setting goals for 2020. How how are you going to impact this for us? Okay. All right. Well, I have basically a three-step goal-setting process that I use. Um, the first step in the goal-setting process, it's a, this whole process, if I was to, to distill this whole process down into one word, that word would be alignment. All right. What does that mean? So... Well, in the first step, the first step is to 
tap into what is your bigger why? What is your um, kind of sense of purpose? What is it that you want to do with your life that your life already demonstrates to you you love to do? So, you know, I know you guys are big uh, fans of the work of Dr. John Martini. He's done some wonderful stuff on this, on getting clear on what your values are, on getting clear on what your life is already demonstrating to you that you love. And when you look at the theme of what you're demonstrating, your life is demonstrating to you that you love, that gives you an inkling as to what your bigger why is, what the theme running through your life is. And there's a great little exercise to do to get a hold of this, right? And it's to just look at the past two weeks. And write down a few experiences, three or four experiences in the past two weeks that made you feel really good about yourself. And don't edit them. Just write down, I felt really good when blah. So write those down and then take a moment to step back and kind of take the observer stance and look at those that list of things and go, what's the common theme here? What, what, why did I feel good about these things? What is the underlying theme about these things that ties them together that I seem to um, light up when I have experiences like that? And that can help you get a hold of what your bigger why is. So just to kind of, give you an example in my own life, um, not in the past two weeks, but in general. When I look at all the things that I do that I don't need to be pushed by anybody to do, that I have an innate inner motivation, um, that I just, yeah, I just want to do those things so much that I that I can't even be held back from doing them. When I look at what those things are, I have a diverse range of things I'm involved with. I do some nonprofit work. I've taught people about the stock market, teach people about abundance mindset. I um, coach people. When I look at all of those things, the theme that runs through it for me is that I am most motivated when I'm doing something that serves a greater good, that serves a, some, that is contributing to something greater than myself. And the interesting thing about that is that it also can have its downsides, mm-hmm. right? I, I can also look at that theme and go, well, this is why I have trouble doing some things in my life and no trouble doing other things. So like for me, you know, probably the biggest challenge that I have is being uh, having good habits around my health. And I don't have bad habits, but I don't have amazing habits around my health. And I look at that theme and I go, well, that's probably because I'm having trouble connecting my why of being in service to something greater than myself to the health of my body. Um, Yeah. So that being aware of your why is like really helpful. So first step in the goal setting process is 
get clear on what your why is. The second step is align any goals that you want to set with that why. Make sure that the goals that you're setting are serving your bigger why. The reason being that if they're not serving your bigger why, you probably won't won't have enough motivation to fulfill on them. And when we set goals for ourselves that we actually don't truly want and, you know, that other people tell us we should be going after, but when we check in with ourselves, we don't truly want those things, then we set ourselves up Mm. for failure. And then we end up feeling bad about ourselves and, and like we're no good at achieving goals, which isn't necessarily true. It may just be that we didn't really love that goal on a deep inner level. It didn't align with our bigger why. And so we didn't have the level of motivation needed to really fulfill on it. Level of motivation. Yep, absolutely. Um, it, it, I, I look at goal setting. Um, I said this today on, on a call that we had that we overestimate what we can do in a year and underestimate what we can do in five years. And in that, in, in that, in that time period, I kind of look at goal setting two ways. Number one, it's, it's a kind of pyramid. And if I don't have the solid foundation below it, then it's just a, it's just a dream. Um, the other thing, yeah, yeah. the other thing that I, I look at it, it's kind of like, if we were taking a, a, a manned spaceship to Mars, uh, we're, we're going to have to course correct continuously or we'll go off course. And if we don't do those things with our goals, we become extremely frustrated. And that's where that why part comes in that you're talking about. So go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's awesome. I 100% agree. Um, you know, the idea of yes. Kaizen you know, uh, consistent, small actions. I I compare the Kaizen type of goal with the Kamikaze goal. (laughs) Kamikaze goal is like goal suicide. It's when we set this crazy punish goal that is really hard for us to um, keep up with, you know, in in a sustainable way. And then we fail to keep up with it in a sustainable way. And then we end up beating ourselves up about that. That's that's goal suicide. Whereas focusing on incremental improvement, ra- focusing on the path, really, rather yeah. than the goal. So you, you set the goal, you set the goal, but then you also look at, well, what's the path to the goal? And how can I have a path to the goal that just is based on little baby steps every day with little incremental improvements so that you know, each day, week, month, I'm doing a little bit better on my path to that goal than I did last Absolutely. yesterday or last week or last month. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's wonderful. That That's something that's talked a lot in the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. That's a really good book regarding awesome. habits um, and some fantastic habit hacks in there. The other thing about goals, um, once you have aligned them with your why, is to also have a think about something called what are push goals. 
So this is a concept from um, Shailene Johnson, who's a, a fitness guru. And a push goal is a goal that helps you to achieve all of your other goals. Got it. So a push goal has kind of a domino effect. Um, so first you align your goals to your why, and then you look at what goals should I go after? What pri- prioritize the goals so that the goals that I'm going after will have this push goal effect. So for example, you know, health is one of those. Um, if your body is healthy, then it's so much easier to achieve all your other goals. Sleep is another one like that. Making sure you have a good sleep routine makes it possible for you to achieve all your other goals. Meditation. These are all fantastic push goals. Um, but, you know, a push goal could also be something like, well, you know, I have a gap in my knowledge base. And this year I'm going to focus on learning ABC so that it will help me with all my other goals. It is, um, we, we do, again, uh, Wanda Lee, Noah, and myself, and our, the other folks that are in our accountability group, we do these uh, all the time. And, and this goes back to your, your number one thing that you're talking about, which is my number one value is health. And without health, you could be the richest person on the planet, but if you don't have your health, you're, you're in trouble. Um, and I think that is yeah. the number one push goal when you talk about as we get um, older, more mature, <laughs> uh, sleep is uh, right up there and really helps to push being healthy. And the third one, it's just very interesting how you bring these up. It's just like when you do your writing, it always seems to catch me at a certain point in time where it just synchronizes and it is in alignment with what I'm thinking. But having I am a voracious walker. Um, I make sure I get uh, five miles. It's more than 10,000 steps every day. I I do that consistently. and listening to podcasts and other podcasters, the number one tool that is utilized by successful people in the world and, and well-adapted people is meditation. And yeah. uh, the yeah. data is outrageous for that across the board. So uh, that really... You, you brought up three specific things, and even with the learning and educating, that really speak to me. Um, so go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> That's great. It's interesting because, you know, I love meditation, and I agree with you on health and sleep and meditation, and yet these have some, been some of my biggest challenges in life. I keep going after these goals year after year. Um Meditation in particular, sitting meditation, uh, I found it incredibly difficult to establish a daily sitting meditation practice. So I've had to kind of hack my way around that. Um, And I have come up with some alternatives to sitting meditation that I think do pretty much the same thing. Um, And so, yeah, it's interesting because sitting meditation doesn't necessarily suit everyone. So one of the one of the ones that I do is a brainwave entrainment um, yep. therapy, 
I think I've talked yes. about this before, which is just like a 12-minute track of music. Um, Zen 12 is an example of a product like this, uh, where you just li- listen to this 12-minute track of music and you um, don't do anything else. You're basically meditating on the music. That is wonderful. I find that that helps me so much. Awesome. The other thing is walking meditation, um, where this is more of a mindfulness meditation, where I go for a walk and I get really into my body and get really conscious of the way that my feet are crunching on the path, (laughs) um, listening to the sounds around me, listening to the sound of the wind rustling in the trees the sounds of birds, um, just sensory, really getting into my senses, um, I find is a really wonderful type of meditation as well. And another one I use a lot is um, mantra. So repeating a Sanskrit mantra. Uh, great sages uh, from India apparently received the Sanskrit syllables while in meditation. So it was a language that was born out of meditation. And it seems to have the quality of drawing the mind inwards and creating a vibratory frequency internally. So the use of a Sanskrit mantra uh, is another type of meditation that you can do while you're walking around. You can do it while you're in the shower. You can do it while you're driving. Um, So... These are lots of little little ways to introduce meditation and mindfulness into your life that is not necessarily sitting down sure. meditation. Absolutely. All right. So, and there is something very primordial about that um, that mantra, where even like you said, uh, I live at the beach. Uh, I walk down to the beach. Uh, up until a month ago, I walked the dog every night, but she has crossed that rainbow bridge. Um, but we would. No, yeah, I'm so sorry. She was, she was our furry family member. Uh, 14 years old, had a great life. Yeah. But we would walk down to the beach every night. Uh, and I not only missed her and the habit of walking with her, but also um, walking down to the beach. Uh, there is something very primordial about that. Uh, and also repeating certain words. That's why singing and humming are so uh, ingrained in cultures going back to the beginning of time. It, it is very, very, very powerful stuff. So when you talk about Sanskrit yes. and those mantras, I know there's folks that uh, when they do retreats, they are given their word, and, and that is when that person is in uh, trance or is meditating, it comes to them and they, they get a specific word. And I think there's services that do that too, which is really cool. Yeah. Really cool. Awesome. Okay. So we've talked about step numbers one and two, tap into your bigger why and set goals that align with that why, as well as prioritizing goals that are push goals. Okay, so step number three is remove your subconscious misalignments. So get your subconscious mind aligned with your goals. Make sure that there are no belief blockages around the goals that you're going after. What do you mean? 
So an example I give of this is, say my goal is to lose weight so I have a sexy body. And yet, underneath, I have a belief that if I have a sexy body, I'm inherently not going to be safe because I will attract more attention and that some of that attention may be unwanted or even unsafe. So this is one that a lot of women can have, right? And that's an example where underlying belief is contradictory to the desired goal. This shows up in lots of areas of life. Um, I talk about how it shows up with respect to money in my book, Mm -hmm. The Abundance Code. So I'll give you another example from that book. Um, Say that you want to have financial abundance. That's your conscious goal. And yet subconsciously you worry or you have a belief that if you have more money than your family or your friends, that you will lose those relationships. That can become a subconscious contradictory block that means that you don't end up allowing yourself to have that financial abundance. Excellent. Uh, and Not excellent, but uh, I understand that. Very true. Yeah. So the question to you, how do you find subconscious misalignments? And in some ways, uh, definitely you want, want to do the reflection mm-hmm. this, which we talked about in a previous True. podcast episode. So do a really deep reflection. Part of that re- reflection should be, where was I really having challenges? Where was I frustrated? Where was I feeling blocked in my life? And that's a clue, basically, for you to go, okay, there's something going on there. What might be going on there? Just start digging. And when you do, often you will uncover a belief blockage. Got it. And then you go through the steps that I outline in my book in order to um, uh, weaken and then replace that belief with a more positive belief that does not block you. Got it. Very cool. Now, if we don't do this, so just coming back to golden habits, right? There was a wonderful book called The Power of Habit by uh, Charles Mm -hmm. Duvick. And one of the things he talks about, he um, looked at a lot of research on habits. And, you know, he talked about the, the habit loop and the golden rule of habit change Um, so there's a lot of great information about habits in there, but there's a little thing that he mentions. He doesn't spend a huge amount of time on it, but he does know that when habits break down, they break down under stress. Mm -hmm. We all know that, you know, we put a habit in place. We're going fine as long as everything's pretty easy. And then the minute we get emotionally sideswiped or we get overwhelmed or busy, the habit goes out the window. So habits tend to break down under stress. But why they break down under stress is a deeper question. And usually that's because there's a belief mismatch. Because that habit was vulnerable in the first place because it wasn't in alignment with our subconscious belief system. Mm. So that's why it's so important to do this subconscious belief work if we really want to put habits in place that are going to stick. 
It also means that if we go after a habit or a goal and it doesn't stick, not to respond to that by saying, I'm not good enough, I'm not good at, (laughs) I'm not disciplined, I'm not good at sticking with my habits. Instead of taking that approach, we go, oh, that's interesting. Why didn't that stick? What's going on under the hood that I could investigate uh, and potentially rewrite a belief under there that would mean that that habit would then become relatively effortless? Become become the observer again. Yeah. Because I think, you know, there is a tendency for us when when we set a habit or a goal and it fails, we fail to fulfill on it, to blame ourselves. And I would just love people to stop doing that (laughs) and to go, actually, let's be a lot more compassionate to ourselves than that and, and take an investigative mindset towards it and go, okay, well, why isn't that working? Not that it's my fault. There's just probably some miscoded belief in my subconscious. And if I can... Uh, find it and override it, then everything's going to shift for me. That is fantastic. Um, I need to take a breath on that one. Stop writing for a second. Um, so some of the stuff that I've done over time to try and to tr- create better habits. Uh, one one was with negative thinking, and it was really easy put a rubber band on my hand and, and snap myself when these negative thoughts, uh, I think we have what, what they say, 100,000 thoughts a day, 70,000 of which are negative. Um, and that self-talk, that self-talk's yep. really, really, if if we talk to our friends the way we talk to ourselves, um, we wouldn't have <laughs> friends. But that really helped to, no pun, uh, snap me out of that. Um, and that was just a, a little hack yeah. that, that, that I use to that. And, and you can use it for many other things as well. So how do you, how do you, yeah. um, when you're on number three, right? So where do, where do we go from? Yeah, yeah that we're on third, the removing ruling. blocks. So sometimes the blocks are sub- yep. subconscious. And sometimes the blocks are environmental. What do you mean? So, I mean, um, if I want to eat healthier and I want to cut down on sugar, for example, um, it's not going to serve me to have a chocolate cake in the fridge. So, you know, this this concept I got from my friend Susan Garrett, who is, um, she's actually a a world-class dog agility trainer. So she's a she's an incredible dog handler and trainer, and the timing she uses is called positive reinforcement. So, what you did with the snapping of the of the band, obviously it worked for you, but it's negative yes. re- reinforcement yes. training, right? It's not Correct. positive reinforcement Correct. training. And the research shows that positive reinforcement training is actually more more effective in the long run than negative reinforcement training. So positive reinforcement training is where you look at where you're succeeding 
and you celebrate your wins. So coming back to that idea of having um, a Kaizen incremental improvement approach to it, to the pathway towards your goals, positive reinforcement would say, okay, we're going to look at every win that we have on that path. Every day that I, that I work towards that goal, that I do the habit, I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to record that I did that win. I'm going to feel proud of myself. I'm going to tell myself I did a great job. And I'm going to tell myself, hey, the next day, hey, if I just do what I did yesterday, I'm going to fill on that goal again today, and that's going to be awesome too. Um, so that's positive reinforcement. But positive reinforcement is also about when we fail at the goal or when we don't um, do the thing that would help us achieve the goal that day, that we look at that and we go, all right, I didn't do it today. Why didn't I do it today? Uh, did I get too overwhelmed? Was I not organized enough? Um, did I let some, something else take greater priority? And look at whether there's some in our environment that we can change that will make it easier for us to fulfill on that goal tomorrow. That's, yeah. Rather than going, I didn't fulfill on this goal today. Um, I suck. Yep. That's it. No, that, that's, yeah, <laughs> that, is, that is human, human condition. That is exactly what we say. That you nailed it. And yeah. rather than like what you're saying is, okay, tomorrow I can start brand new. And, yes. and that, that goes back to why those habits don't why those habits don't stick and why when we when you do these things so so we, are you saying like if we if we look um at this overall uh, good night hun uh or when we look at this overall are should we be setting goals that are that are kaizen in nature that are little and 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 winnable as opposed to setting these big giant kamikaze goals, you know, I want to lose 50 pounds as opposed to, to breaking it down into a more manageable. Okay. In the first quarter of 2020, I'm going to lose 10 pounds as an example. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's an interesting question because, it may be a yes okay. and. Um, it may be a look. My um, my my big goal that I would love is to lose right. fifty pounds. And in order to get there, if I break it down on a week by week basis, I need to lose about a pound a week. Say I want to lose fifty pounds this year. I need to lose about a pound a week. Every week that I lose a pound is like yep. a win. Um, every week that I don't lose a pound doesn't mean I'm not going to get to my goal. It just means it's going to take me a little bit longer, but I shouldn't give up. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's looking at that, um, the, the fact that sometimes the timeline stretches out on our goals yes. a little bit uh, and, and not getting completely dis 
illusion by that and giving up. Yeah, and that's what, again, going back to our accountability group, and, and one of my goals for 2019 was to um, have a weight of 188 pounds, and I was 192. So is that a loss? Well, no, it's it's really it's really yeah. close. And how how many pounds did you lose? Uh, I I started the year probably at two hundred, and then got down to one ninety two. But overall, when you look at it, I was yeah. three hundred pounds at one time, and now I'm a hundred. Yeah. Wow. And, yeah. And that's what I mean. It's like yeah. So like you are doing exactly. great. That's what I say. And the other thing, the other thing to remember with the goals that we set is that sometimes they're kind yes. of arbitrary. Yes. You know, like you might say, I want to be 188 and your body might be going, I'm just right. not ready for that, you know? And so, yeah, you talked before about being a little bit mm -hmm. flexible Absolutely. with our goals, um, but not marking that as a no. fail. Because sometimes as we get into the path and get, down the path a bit, we realize, oh, actually, probably not going to work out the way I thought it was going to for some very valid mm -hmm. reasons, and I need to be flexible. Absolutely, uh, and and I sometimes it can work out better than we expected, and we need to be flexible about that too. Agreed. Agreed. You know if yeah, and sometimes it's like, especially when it comes to weight loss, non-linear. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Right. We're not going to lose one pound every week. We might we might lose one pound this week. We might lose two pounds ne next week and then sure. we plateau. You know, it, it doesn't quite go in the in the linear fashion that we would like because we're not linear beings. You know, we're we're dynamic organisms. And, and, the beauty, and so just allowing the for that. The beauty too. of that is, I mean, you can apply that to anything. Say, uh, I want to learn Spanish. Well, you're not going to learn it in a week, you, and you're going to need to no. do some baby steps along the way. You know, I want to learn Spanish. Well, hola is me learning Spanish. If I want to learn to speak colloquial Spanish, <laughs> I need to um, really immerse myself in that. Um, and, and you know, I, yeah. I am a person who spends an hour a week studying, and that is how I learn Spanish. Or if I want to write a book, yeah. the goal is to write a book. Well, the book is not going to get done in a week unless, you know, unless you're a savant when it comes to those things. You're going to need to put, as someone who has written a book, you can tell people it does take time. You have to sit down and, and there are ideas that come to you and then you need to formulate those ideas into uh, concepts and, and get them on paper. So it, it takes time for these things. Yeah. And that's where that one year, five year thing comes in. And human beings, I think we just want it now. We come up with this idea like, okay, I want this now. <laughs> I've decided that the universe should listen to me and I want it right now. <laughs> and yeah. it doesn't work that way. Yeah. And at the same time, you know, there are hacks that will increase your ability to achieve on your goals. And for example, you've talked about one of them, accountability, being in an accountability group. Um, so long as that group has a positive psychology embedded yes. in it, right? 
so long as there is some ability to be flexible and it doesn't end up feeling like a punishment <laughs> if you have a setback. Um, but still, having having people that you need to show up for can help you to succeed on your goals. Having deadlines can help succeed on your goals. You know, I know that my book, I manufactured a deadline for it. I had a um, hundred clients who were in one of our elite coaching programs. And I said to them, I'm going to deliver you a chapter a week for 10 weeks. And I made that promise. And that is how I ended up finishing my book, which had been in note form and all kinds of ideas, not really structured for years before that. So, you know, goals, deadlines, milestones, accountability structures, these are all fantastic things. So that's the aspect of positive reinforcement that is the environmental aspect. How can I create my environment so that I'm more likely to fulfill on my goals? It is. And having said that, if we don't have the internal will, we don't have the internal alignment, we make it much for ourselves. So there's the external environment that supports our goals. And then there's the internal environment that supports our goals. And that's having goals that align with our our sense of why, our sense of purpose, um, removing subconscious blocks, and um, choosing, prioritizing goals that are that have leverage that are going to help us achieve all of our other goals. The push goal Absolutely. concept. Well, it, it's late here. <laughs> I know it's the I know it's the middle <laughs> of your day. I'm very cognizant of and appreciative of your time, Julie. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to add to to round out what our goals can be for 2020? Well, I can't tell anybody what their goals should be, but uh, I think probably the final thought that I would share is to remember to be kind to yourself. Um, and also remember that your subconscious is your friend. Often we talk about subconscious sabotage and, you know, the word sabotage is not my favorite way to talk about it. Really, it's subconscious misalignment. Um, And when we get our subconscious in alignment, it is our greatest friend, it is our servant, it serves us 24 hours a day, completely tirelessly. Um, All we really have to do is give it the right instructions. And if you want to find out more about how to do that, then please go and check out my book, The Abundance Code, available on Amazon. And also, you could visit my book site, theabundancecodebook.com, where there's a series of five free videos on what the seven money myths are. That is wonderful. Those, thank you so much. All of that information will be in the show notes. Um, Your your, um, Abundance Code interview is one of the most it's top to um, listen to of all of our podcasts. Yeah, Fantastic. It, it really struck a chord with folks. And the other interviews that you've been on have been really, really well received by um, our audience. So uh, we deeply appreciate you coming on and and helping folks with your knowledge and sharing folks with your knowledge. Um I I wish you a healthy, happy, and prosperous new year. 
Um, folks, if you like what you heard, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star review. It helps us to help others find the work that we're doing. And um, please uh, tell your friends and family, and we'll see you soon, guys. Ciao. It's Dr. Noah, and I'm back. I suspect you loved listening to this week's podcast release. We really wanted to introduce you all to an incredible author and one of BYWG's favorite, Gary John Bishop, author of the New York Times bestseller, Un-F-U, Beep, K Yourself. His newest book is awesome, and we selected it as our January 2020 book of the month to start the year off with a bang. The book's title is Stop Doing That S-H-Beep-T and Self-Sabotage and Demand Your Life. Our product of the month is another worthy repeat, Energy Bits. I have interviewed the CEO, Catherine Arniston, twice on the BYWG podcast, with the latest being released in early January 2020. She's an absolute world-class educator and passionate about algae. Energy Bits are either spirulina or chlorella or a 50-50 combination of both in one-calorie tabs that have zero sugar, 40 nutrients, are keto-friendly, paleo-friendly, vegan-friendly, and non-GMO. They come in 1,000 tab bags or easy-to-use 30-count single servings. You can pick them up at www.energybits.com, and if you use the code BYWG, either lower or uppercase, you will receive 20% off your orders forever. The supplement of the month for January 2020 is BYWG's Bone Health Plus. As chiropractors, our patients share their bone density tests with us quite often, and we can attest to the incredible number of patients who have either osteopenia or osteoporosis. This formulation was a no-brainer. Calcium is simply not enough. This formulation has calcium, magnesium, vitamin D3, K2, boron, silica, copper, and more all the big players and all the micronutrients to build and rebuild strong, healthy bones. You can check out the spec sheet and the research articles at our website at www.beyondyourwildestgenes.com. The 10% discount code for the month of January is all lowercase bone health, B-O-N-E-H-E-A-L-T-H. Thank you for listening and be awesome and never unawesome.